0: Minnesota, a small town on the outskirts of Minneapolis and St. Paul. We're kind of rural here, and we like it that way. And even though we're a small town, don't be confused. We have big thoughts, big ideas, and big hearts here. Welcome to the greatest podcast you've never heard of. You're listening to the Pork Pond Gazette. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Pork Pond Gazette. I am Mike Rathbun, your host, and we've been talking a lot about kindness lately. And I wanted to—I uh, reached out on Facebook in the podcast "Need a Guest, Be a Guest" section, and I was—I um, was met with uh, this man uh, who is my guest today. His name is um, Sam Knickerbocker. And he is an entrepreneur. He's also an author, and he is the founder of a group or a, a company called Fuel Your Legacy. Welcome to the show, Sam.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Mike, for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Fantastic! Good way to end a week. Honestly, it's a great I, way to
0: end. To I over. <laughs> I've got, I still got all day tomorrow. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> I'm in Minnesota, and it's for, like, the last week. Last week, it was, like, in the 80s and sunny. And this week has just been cold and gray and rainy. It doesn't look like it's going to end over the weekend, but symbolically, the fact that it's Friday, I think. (laughs) It's time. Gives you that extra little push to get through it. Yep. (laughs) So... But now you're in Arizona, so there's no no shortage of sunshine and warmth for you.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's a, it's perfect. It's not quite hot enough to keep the pool at a good temperature, so I we'll have to turn on the pool heater. But uh, it's beautiful right now. Like that's it, how you know it's, it's cold in in Arizona. You have to turn on the pool heater. Yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So now, Sam, you are the founder of a group called Fuel Your Legacy. And when we talk about legacy, what what exactly are we talking about? Because in my mind, money plays into it, but I know that's
1: not necessarily all sure. of it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people... When they think of legacy, they think of legacy wealth or passing money down from generation to generation. And although that could be part of it, people that I think that had a really amazing legacy that never involved money. Jesus Christ is one. What's the oh. legacy of Jesus Christ? What's the legacy of Mother Teresa? What's the legacy of Gandhi? What's, there's a lot of people who have incredible legacies, people, followers all over the world and they were not rich. They didn't have money that they passed down. They passed down an identity, a core way of a being. And so, when I am approaching the, the idea of fueling your legacy, it really is approaching the way of being, which is the legacy part. The fuel oftentimes is the answer to you know what's stopping you from being the person that you want to be. And the answer to that is generally time and resources. So. Does money come into play? Yeah, because in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need to be fed and you need to have roof and shelter and things. So Mother Teresa, she had all that stuff taken care of. So she was able to live her life of meaning. A lot of these people, they had those things taken care of. They were able to live their life of meaning because they weren't worried about those basic things. I want to help you take care of those basic things so you can live a life of meaning and pass down from generation to generation who you want to be. And and that's one of the reasons I asked to be on the podcast and, and shared or, or at least shared with you that I thought I'd be a good fit is it really comes down to kindness, right? Most people want to be a better version of themselves, but they find themselves in a stressed position that causes them to respond in fear. And then they act in ways that they wouldn't act if they could be confident that their needs were met.
0: Right. Um, yeah. OK, so that I mean, so when we say legacy, is it basically what you want to be remembered for?
1: Is that is that a good definition of legacy? That's how I define it. Right. Like the okay. main question, how do you want to be remembered? What impact do you want to have? Some people I talk to on my podcast, the Fuel Your Legacy show, I ask them at the very end, you know, in six generations from now, how do you want to be remembered? And there's a lot of people who say, I don't even want to be remembered. I hope they forget who I was, (laughs) but I hope that they live how I lived. I hope that my life made an impact, but they don't necessarily need to know my name. So it's not necessarily, are you going to be remembered by your name and all this stuff attributed to you? But as your energy frequency transfers from one generation to the next, did your life mean something? Did it actually create and carry weight through the generations?
0: Boy, that's and and if you were to ask me today what I wanted to be remembered for, boy, I don't know. I mean, there seems like there would be a lot of soul searching and and into inner working going on there. First, to identify what you want to be remembered for, and then. Secondly, if you're not already there, becoming that person that you want to be identified or remembered for, I uh, I know I was doing my my genealogy a few years ago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I I got it all the way back to Block Island. Well, I actually I went back to England, but one of the I mean the main guy is a guy by the name of Jonathan Rathbun, and he helped to found um, an island off the coast of Rhode Island. It's called Block Island. And he and like eight other people all went together and they bought this island. And and I was like, hey, that's really cool. And as part of my research into this guy, I'm looking through and I finally find his will. And I'm reading through it and he leaves this to this person and this to this person. And all of a sudden, there's a line in there that says, I'm not going to say the word because they use an inappropriate word, but basically he owned one slave and he left it to his wife. And I'm like, oh, buzzkill. My ancestor owned a slave. You know, is it something I'm going to lose sleep over? No, but is it something that, you know, of all the things that he did in his life, is that what I'm going to remember him for? Uh Uh-huh. You know? Do you find that most of the people who come to you are in later years? Are they like, or do there's some people who are like really planning ahead and they said, "I, I want to make sure my legacy is set."
1: Yeah, so that's a it's a huge question that you're asking. Uh, I, let's answer it as directly as possible, then I'll shed some deeper light in it. Uh, directly, they're people of all ages, okay? People from all walks of life and all ages are thinking about their legacy. Now, here's what's interesting. In many cases, you don't leave just one legacy. Think of Michael Jordan, for instance. He's left a legacy in multiple areas of his life. He left a legacy in the sports era, and then he got out of the sports era and went into another era of his life and another era of his life and another era of his life. And Shaquille O'Neal has done the same thing. A lot of athletes have done that. Tom Brady is now starting. He had his football legacy, which speaks for itself. But now he's going to start as a sportscaster, you know, and that's going to have its own legacy in its own right. Uh, So there's lots of people that have multiple legacies. At the end of the day, you could have a legacy in your family that you've propagated certain things. You could have a legacy in your fitness. You could have a legacy in your faith, in your a congregation, the people you impact there, you could have a legacy in your finance. You could have a legacy in your fund. Just like the things that you do, and then you could have just a legacy of how people remember you as in general. But you can program each of these legacies, and the the main thing is, are you starting with the end in mind? Okay, one of right. my biggest dreams, and this is where where I think kindness really plays a big role for me, right? So one of the things that motivates me in life or not really motivates, but inspires me is love. And I think that love is a driving force when people can get to the point where love is their reasoning behind things, then life is better. Life is more full. Life is more meaningful. Absolutely. That's where I feel like I operate from most of the time. Am I perfect? Absolutely not, right? But I do my best to operate from a perspective of love And consideration of others at all times. That's my goal. So, perfect. Go ahead. One of the things that I think hurts me the most, okay? We've probably all walked by somebody who's less fortunate than us. Maybe they're on the side of the road. Maybe they are begging. Maybe they have an unfortunate career. Whatever the case may be, we recognize that somebody's less fortunate than us. Maybe we're driving down the freeway and we see somebody on the side of the road. And your initial inclination, your heart says you should stop and help them. Right. Okay. Your heart knows the right thing to do. And then we deny our heart Because we don't have the money, the time, the resources, whatever else, our priorities. So we deny our heart. What if you could go through life and know that you never had to deny your heart again? Wow. For me, that's what I would just love to live in that existence where my finances are taken care of, my family's taken care of, my resources are taken care of, and really... We don't ever have to walk by somebody on the street with blinders on again. Right. Because you see them all the time. Well,
0: you know, whether it's the guy on the side of the road with a flat tire in the rain or, you know, somebody panhandling or what have you. And, and yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, somewhere inside you, you're going, you need to stop. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I we come it, up with all kinds of different excuses.
1: What, what's interesting is it's a way of protection, protecting ourselves to pretend that we don't see them. We just disengage. It's not because we don't want to recognize that they're human. It's that we do recognize that they're human and we are embarrassed by our own inadequacy, our own lack of fulfillment, our own lack of production on this beautiful earth that God gave us, our own lack of claiming God's rightful gifts that he said, hey, I want you to have everything that I have, not for yourself, but so you can serve. So our own laziness has caused us to not be able to serve. And I think we know internally, our heart and our soul knows that we have not done enough. And so it's easier rather than self-reflecting and saying, why have I not done enough? What's stopping me from being more productive, being more loving, serving, caring, and producing more. It's easier to say, ah, I'm not gonna acknowledge that person because not acknowledging them means I can still not acknowledge my own inadequacy. I don't have to look at
0: myself. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That, um, so, so what is a, a particular, what's a, a scenario? Somebody comes to you and says, I want to really fuel my legacy. What What's the process?
1: Sure. So it's going to start with just one, uh, finding out if we're a good fit for each other, right? Because there's, I believe everything I do is out of love. I also am fully aware that my personality and the way I communicate can be abrasive at times. Okay. So like Oh, um, I haven't run into that yet. No, okay. no, you, you haven't. That's okay. Um, but that's maybe because how you receive it. There's people who think that I am too abrasive, you know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I don't ever say anything to hurt somebody's feelings, but based on your experiences of the world, you might experience that what I said hurt your feelings. And I acknowledge that and I'm respectful of that. I'm not hurt trying to hurt somebody, but because of that, I know that we're not always going to be a good fit. Um, I have people that I receive information from better and people that I receive information from worse. And I know and love and respect both of these individuals, but I'm going to act more off of one than the other's encouragement and coaching. So that's just like, let's find out if we're a good fit. Then we sit down and we go through what I call the legacy building structure. And that is first, let's identify at least a a rough form of how do you want to be remembered? Write it down 25 times. Okay. Reword it because... Something that's interesting about our mind uh, is if we are thinking about what we actually want, then it feels good. But the moment you put it down on a piece of paper, it forces you to be specific. And then you might read what you were thinking and like, "Ah, that doesn't really address my feeling. It seems empty when I put it down. So I got to rework it multiple times to get to the point where you really have an idea of like what's at least one area right now in the next three to five years, how do I want my life to look or what do I, the impact I want to make in the next three to five years? That's a foundation. Okay. And then I help people through identifying what are your core values? What's really important to you? For me, it's candor, integrity, and gratitude. I don't spend a lot of time around people who don't like when I speak my mind, who don't view life through a a perspective of gratitude like if you're a victim, I just don't spend a lot of time around them. Not because I don't like them, but because I just don't have time for it. I've got right. to my circle. And then integrity. I don't think that anybody is perfectly integritous. I think we all just do our best. So I, my goal is to cross that line as frequently as possible. That's my standard of integrity. <laughs> I know I'm not perfect, and it, I, I'm not going to reach that. And then we look at what brings you fulfillment. What really gets you going? What gets you excited? And then we look at the areas of faith, family, fitness, finance and fun and what things could you do on a daily basis that's going to bring you those things. And then the results are really interesting. So the results are we go and ask people around you, people who know you well, what do you think is most important to Mike about his family? What do you think the most important about Mike and his faith, in his fitness, and his finance and fun? What is and find out is what you're programming is what you're trying to be remembered as Are you actually getting the results? Are people actually perceiving you that way? Or are you just in your own head doing it, but everybody else perceives you differently? Because if you want to be remembered by other people and make an impact on other people, then you have to know how your impact is already being perceived. It's like a GPS. You can't change anything unless you know where you are. You can't identify where you're going until first you know where you are. And so the, the first process is identifying where you're at, where do you want to go? And then we chart a course, whether that's because with, with time or resources, we help you find both to chart a course so that you could start living daily the life of your dreams. Wow.
0: That's, that's intense. That sounds intense.
1: It's good. I mean, it's supposed to be. I it's, mean, in, in a good way. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be like soul discovery. You know, like really, am I okay with what's happening right now? Or if not, why not? And what am I willing to do about it? Wow.
0: So, but now you wrote a, you wrote a book, um, nine pillars. Nine pillars of a, of a meaningful legacy. Excellent. Cause I couldn't remember it. I am so sorry. Thank you for clearing that up. And, uh, how was that process?
1: So what, what's nice about the book, and you can get that on my website at samnickerbocker.com or you can go order it on Amazon, either one. We'll have an Amazon
0: link in the show
1: notes. Um, but what's nice about this is it's really designed as a, as a workbook. Obviously there's, there's chapters and you can read it. But if you don't ever go through the process of the book, it will, it'll be good information, but it's not going to be life changing. What changes your life is when you actually do the homework. So part of the book, there's nine pillars, the nine areas, the nine types of people that you could have an impact on. And I'm only going to go over the first two because I think they're the, um, they're just a lead in to all the rest. All the rest are great. But the first two are who are your haters? Okay. Who are the people who are actively trying to dissuade you from becoming your best self? Now, again, it seems kind of strange when you're coming from a position of love to address your haters first. Right. And here's what yeah. I believe I believe that your haters are hating because they, just like I said, they're inadequate and they don't want to address their own inadequacy. So they say, nobody can do that, not even me. So you can't either. And so they're trying to protect their own ego by not having you outperform them. So that's a hater. So what? Do you, how do you respond in love? Well, the way you would respond in love is first, identify who they are in your life. Second, write down how their life is going to be better after you have succeeded. How are you going to be an example of love and cherishment so that they can grow with you? And then lastly, what steps are you going to take today, right now? What actions are you going to create to show them that it's possible for them, right? So you're not just doing something just for yourself. You're doing something to demonstrate that anybody can do this, that anybody can reach their dreams. Anybody can leave a legacy. Anybody can be love. So that's the haters. Those are the first group that we address right off the bat. Second group is who are your believers? Now, you might think your believers are better than your haters, I think your believers uh, are worse. And the reason they're worse, and not worse for you, but they're worse for themselves. And because I'm motivated out of love and compassion, then that's who I want to help. The thing with a hater is they at least don't believe anybody can do it. So once you can show them that somebody can do it, then it's easier to flip somebody who says nobody can do it to everybody can do it than it is to flip somebody who believes Everybody else can do it, just not me, right? Yeah. Because that's hard. If you believe it's possible, but just not you, then that's a harder position to be in. And that's your believer. Your believer is somebody who's going to sing your praises. They're going to be there to support you. But the whole time when you say, well, what's your dream? What are you going after? What do you want to become? How do you want to be remembered? Oh, a legacy's not for me, but I'll help you build yours. A legacy's not for me. No, a legacy is for you. God blessed you. God sent you here with unique gifts, talents, and ways to bless this world. And he gave them to you. We need to know who you are and you need to share you and believe that you're worth sharing you. And I believe
0: you're worth sharing you. Okay. This thought just popped into my mind. We're all going to have a legacy one way or the other, right? Good or bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, I mean, whether you actively try to have a legacy, a good legacy, or, or whatever, uh, you're still going to have a legacy. Oh, that Mike guy. Yeah, I remember him. He was a jerk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so really, it behooves all of us to be working towards having a, a legacy that's worth remembering. And people will look back on your life and think, oh, I remember that guy was, he was awesome. That's Sam.
1: Top notch. Yeah. Whatever. Well, and let's talk about the kindness. Let's tie it back into the kindness, which I love. I love that this is the the purpose of the show. But there's, there's somebody from my childhood who showed up. All of our family were basically going to sleep. And we hear the doorbell ring. Okay. At this time, I'm like five, six, seven years old, very young. Hear the doorbell ring and it's around Christmas time and Santa Claus walks to the door, unpacks his bag. He got a gun for one of my brothers, got, got a bunch of different stuff and unpacks it, fills our, our living room with gifts. But that wasn't even the most impressive thing from me, from my perspective. Okay. He okay. says after, after that all happens, he invites the whole family out onto the front lawn and somehow on the front lawn, unbeknownst to anybody else they had got a 12 passenger van club wagon on onto our front lawn parked sideways enough car seats everything in it for everybody gave us the keys and then i kid you not he drove away in a sleigh that looked like it was pulled by reindeer they may have like taped some things onto the guys the horse's heads i don't know but oh. it was reindeer and they drove away on the sleigh and that person will be remembered as somebody who is kind, loving, completely charitable, had no no alter ulterior motives. He just gave, and it could have been, he was the symbol, but maybe there was a lot of people participating in that giving to our family. I don't know. And that is
0: so amazing. Who, who has that happened to them? That is cool. That is so cool. So you had no idea. It was, you know, you were just, you're in bed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom! Christmas. Exactly. Just like and on so many levels. Wow, that's such a great story. I love that. So, do you think that probably? I mean, it's a long time from how old you were then to where you are now. But do you think maybe that kind of that kindness maybe inspired
1: your life, or or? Yeah, I think that it. Set a tone for my life of how to be selfless, how to really, what what a good example of giving would be with no expectation of return. But on the other hand, there's there's another story I have in my life where you know later on in my life it didn't quite turn out that way because I was so used to giving and I had been you know I'd kind of perceived through my family or whatever uh, relationships, school, whatever that receiving meant you were needy and needy was not a position of confidence. And so uh, I didn't want to be needy. And so when I was in high school, I went to a tennis tournament and I was coming home with my partner and her mom and we stopped to eat and they tried to buy me dinner. And I said, no, I'm not going to let you buy my dinner. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to pay for myself. And then I got home and I thought my mom would be proud of me that, I didn't let them buy me dinner and I provided for myself. And, you know, because we were raised as independent, being able to provide for ourselves. And she taught me a valuable lesson that sometimes being able to graciously receive is the best gift you can give somebody. You know, maybe that's a good legacy is receiving gracefully.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because really, I mean, she was trying to show you kindness and, and basically you denied it.
1: Yeah. Said, I mean, not, I'm not uh, saying you were doing
0: anything wrong. You were a kid. You were, you know, you were taught to be self-sufficient and, and you were just doing what you were taught, but yeah,
1: that's a, that's, that's a powerful message as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I just think like the little things, sometimes it's the little things that matter and can change, a create a big result. There, I, I knew a story of somebody who was a grocery bagger, not a big deal. But he took a bunch of the time to write nice comments and nice quotes, like a fortune cookie type thing on a bunch of little pieces of paper. And as somebody would come through his line, he'd drop one in there. And pretty soon everybody was going through his line at the grocery store and not anybody else's because they were looking for that nice note from him. And so it's the little things when you're walking by somebody, do you look them in the eye and just smile with no expectation in return? You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to get in their personal space. You don't have to go give them a hug. But can you just like turn the corners of your mouth up a little bit and just give somebody a nice warm smile, make eye contact, say, I see you, I recognize you, you have value. I hope you have a wonderful day. And the smile. And that is
0: exactly right. And that may be the only smile
1: that person got that day. Right. And they might have, you have no idea what's going on in their life. And for one person to say, I see you, you know, That could prevent suicide. That could prevent so many um, damaging things. That could make somebody a kinder person when they get home to their family. That could make a kinder husband, kinder father, kinder son, daughter. Right. So
0: many things. And it costs you nothing. And it takes like zero time if you're thinking about, well, I don't have time to do an act of kindness today. (laughs) What to take? A second?
1: Yeah. To smile at somebody? It's, it's a little acts of kindness, I think, that really make the biggest difference. In fact, I got off an airplane uh, a few weeks ago. I was going up to Utah, maybe it was a few days ago, and uh, I got off and I actually did a little Facebook video because I had a really nice conversation with somebody on the plane and then I got off the plane and we didn't see each other again. But I said, you know, just say thank you more to the people who positive your impact your life. Like, Just say thank you. It's such an easy thing to do reach out, send a quick text message, send a Facebook message, whatever, and say, hey, thank you. If somebody shares your post, say thank you. If somebody comments on your post, say thank you for taking the time to consider my thoughts, right? There's so much crap on the internet now. Nobody has to read your thing or watch your video, but just thank people sometimes for for what they're doing. It's a good thing to do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sam, I'm going to wrap this up, but I thank you so much for... (laughs) So there's a guy... Who does the news? I think it's NBC, and he always finishes his newscast with the greatest phrase. You know, you know Walter Cronkite had, "Well, that's the way it is," and and every news person has their own little sign off. But he does the weekend news, um, Jose. I can't remember his last name, but he always finishes with "Thank you for the gift of your time," or the you know, basically he's thanking the viewer for their time. And I thought that is such a cool way to end a, a news show. So I'm going to thank you for the gift of your time, your kindness today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, I'm going to have links to fuel your legacy and the book. And you've got a podcast as well. I'm sorry. We didn't get chance yeah. to talk about yeah. that.
1: That's yeah, the fuel your legacy show. If you go to Sam though, everything's on there. Everything's there. Um, yeah. So, so except for the Amazon link to my book, I need to get it up there. I haven't. I will <laughs> get it up there. For, I will get it in the show notes for you.
0: Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate you, and uh, I hope you have a great weekend.
1: Yeah, you too.
0: Great episode with Sam Knickerbocker from uh, Fuel Your Legacy. Uh, it's it's you know I I don't know how often you think about it. I, I think about it every now and then. But uh, the f- fact that once we're gone. We will leave a legacy one way or the other, good or bad, or maybe even indifferent. Um, but what do we want our legacies to be? And uh, I think that's something worth thinking about and something worth looking into. Um, you can find Sam's website and the links to his book in the show notes. And also, speaking of books, you can find a link to my book, Change a World in order to change the world available on Amazon right now that link will be in there as well and that will do it for episode 90 I'm working on more as we speak hopefully we'll get back to a once a week pattern in the meantime be that person who roots for others who tells a stranger that they look amazing and encourages others to believe in themselves And their dreams. Thank you for the gift of your time today. You've been listening to the Pork Pond Gazette, and I am your host, Mike Rathbun.